This is a Dynamike Network podcast. Welcome everybody to the Max Destruction Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Scotty Macho, along with the man himself, Ken. Yeah, I think I've got to come up with a better nickname for myself. I mean, it's really kind of unfair and unfortunate that you have such a badass nick, you know, a last name. Um, hey, man. <laughs> what's up, All Scott? How you doing, man? Thank, thank mom, thank grandma. That's facts. I am doing good, dude. Um, it was, well, time of the recording. It is, uh, was Royal Rumble weekend. Watch the WWE. I'm a big, huge wrestling fan, so I watched the Royal Rumble. And amazing, amazing turnout. You know, it's Spoilers, funny. I- everyone, Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, is your Royal Rumble winner. So I remember watching Dusty Rhodes. Uh, and then gold dust wrestle that dates me. Um, like when I was growing up, I went to the Halloween havoc 96 in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I got to meet the macho man, uh, Randy Savage, who was my favorite wrestler at the time, uh, and still is RIP. Um, and I think I was almost as tall as Hulk Hogan, uh, in 96, you know, being six, four, uh, I, I, it didn't take very much, uh, unfortunately. And that kind of took a lot of the mystique out of it. Like I remember them being like larger than life action <laughs> figures and you're like, wow, I, I mean, you're huge and all, but I, I, I shouldn't be as tall as you. And I'm like 10. Yeah, it was. I've I've met my uh, wrestlers before, and it was a little underwhelming too. It's it's weird. The, the only one who kind of stood um, the fact was I met the great Kali. Is the giant, the Punjabi giant. That guy was huge. Yeah, I can only imagine. I remember him from the Longest Yard, the uh, Adam Sandler version. Oh God, uh, he was even bigger in there. <laughs> Uh, all right, Scott. So other than wrestling news, which I think we may have to start incorporating because that's just hilarious and it really kind of <laughs> feeds into our our segue. What are we doing today? Uh, we got something special. We have a movie review. And not only just a movie review. I know you felt sorry for me on the last matchup when we had Riggs versus Judge Dredd. So you gave me the pick, and I got we got to review Dread um, by Carl Urban as the the head star. Now some would say that that's you know taking pity on you. Others would say what a badass movie, and honestly couldn't think of a better time to do it than now. Uh, so yeah, I'm very excited about this. I know you were head over heels uh, about this review, so. Uh, I'm just excited to be a part of it. 
Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Before I get into this, I got a question for you. Just because I'm still on the mindset of um, uh, watching my wrestling, and this question always gets asked amongst the wrestlers, but I want to ask you in the category of action stars, all right? Without the names of Arnold or Stallone, who is your Mount Rushmore of action stars? Oh, that's rough, dude. Um, Bruce Willis is is definitely up there. Uh, without Stallone and Arnold. All right, so I'm gonna go Bruce Willis. I'm gonna go. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're taking like second tier that uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, and then for my final pick, I would say The Rock. Dwayne oh, Johnson. Yes. <laughs> well, you, you pretty much took um, almost the same exact picks I would have done. I think for me, only probably in addition, just because I've seen him a lot growing up, and I mean, you can contest to it, was Vin Diesel. See, I, I would have gone Vin Diesel, but he's he's dropped off quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I re- if he'd have stayed with, say, I don't know, Fast and the Furious, when it was Fast and the Furious, I probably would have have stuck with him. Like, I remember Triple X was badass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I can, uh, I can put him up there on there for me. And it was actually Riddick that did it for me. And then when he remade Riddick, that was even awesome. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't blame you, my friend. I don't blame you. But I think that's a great transition. So let's get into this movie review. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the movie is Dread. America is an irated wasteland known as the Cursed Earth. On the East Coast lies a megacity one, a violent metropolis with 800 million residents and 17,000 crimes reported daily. There is an addictive new drug called slow-mo that has been introduced which slows the user's perception of time to 1% of normal. The only force that can combat this introduction of the new drug are the judges, who act as police, jury, and executioner. Among the judges, Judge Dredd is tasked by chief, the chief judge with evaluating a new recruit, called Cassandra Anderson, a powerful psychic who failed her aptitude tests to be a judge. It opens up with the wasteland. We're seeing kind of a boxed-in apocalyptic world with a, a cursed earth leading to a cursed city, leading to big city blocks and giant superstructures called, um, what do you call it, megastructures. Uh, Judge Dredd is, we're immediately right into the action and we're seeing Judge Dredd on his lawmaster chasing down a couple of slow-mo drug dealers. The drug dealers murder a pedestrian 
via vehicular warfare. Judge Dredd, with his awesome lawmaster, pursues and stops the van via taking out its tires, killing the two out of the three occupants, in which case the driver runs to the nearest mall where he confronts Dredd and has a hostage in hand. This is where we get that famous exchange of words with Judge Dredd um, giving the man the only option he has is either I kill you or life in prison. In which case the guy is like, that's not an option. He goes, that's your only option. Hot shot. He was like, what did you say, judge? I said, hot shot. And an incendiary round loads in and he pops it right in the dude's mouth and his freaking face melts. What a great way to start the freaking movie. Was there anything that really caught um, your eye in the, that first part? So, I mean, as a connoisseur of the comic, like the original English comic, I was skeptical, like to say the least, about this film when it first like was released. But that was only because I watched the Stallone Dread and – when I was younger, when that movie came out, I felt like that was such a great movie. But then as I grew older and actually read the comics, I was just very disappointed. I mean, it's it's the I have to take my mask off so I can show, you know, the moneymaker face of Stallone, mm-hmm. you know, and how horrifying that was. And then Carl Urban, I mean, at the time, I mean, I remember watching him in Riddick. Uh, he also did uh, Doom, Doom, which oh if we're going to have to review one day because that is like. <laughs> It, I, I label that a movie where you just go and get drunk with your buddies, eat steak, and watch that movie. It holds no real other value than that. Um, I I didn't know if Urban would have been able to pull it off or if he was going to pull like the, the Hollywood, uh, you know, I have to be seen kind of thing. And I was pleasantly surprised within the first five minutes of this film. Um, I thought the idea of bringing in slow mo, you know, it it was a, a movie made drug, but it fits so well within the comic uh, that it it just it was amazing. Um, the only other thing that I'll bring up is typically when I do we do these reviews, uh, we like to talk like the director and the writers and all that. So Pete Travis was was the director. Uh, yeah. And he is known for a lot of action movies. So like The Gunman, Vantage Point, uh, Omog. Uh, so very much a, a action-y director. Uh, after Dread, though, he went into like television writing. So I don't, I don't know if maybe Dread broke him. Like he shot a shot and he's like, and I'm done. Like I, I can't get any better than this. Um, but it, it was definitely uh, a, a way to start the movie to bring you back into what Dread Universe is supposed to be. Might I add, too, I mean, this was um, made in 2016. This was peak IMAX 3D um, made movies. Everything had to be IMAX 3D. And so this thing was centered around to be watched in 3D. And that slow-mo effect um, was freaking awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then 
Also, the fact that Lena had, had Headley is in this. I mean, she was, you know, coming coming off the heels of uh, her first couple of entrances into Game of Thrones. It's like, yeah, I mean, she's a smoke show. Uh, but the how she kind of ate into this character was incredible. Uh, and I know you'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, it's it it definitely blew the 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 artistic vision of the of the film away like it starts out huge and then ends up really just being about two characters in a terrible situation uh and then you're you as the as the as the watcher are stuck in it with them uh and i think that's awesome that they were able to do that so judge dread meets recruit judge cassandra anderson played by olivia uh, thribbly Mm-hmm. Awesome actress at the time. So I think that was my introduction to her. I don't remember her playing anything else, but she was freaking hot in this one. <laughs> um, so meets recruit Anderson, and then they go off on patrol to evaluate her to be a full-fledged judge. Um, I found like little tidbits in here that like one in five judges die daily. And there are 17 crimes happening per day, and the judges can only respond to 6% of that. It was, freaking, it was freaking crazy. So they are called to Peach Trees for a triple homicide. In Peach Trees, a two-story slum tower block, a drug lord, Madeline uh, Madrigal, also known as Maw Maw, played by Lena Headley, executes three rogue drug dealers. By having them skinned and infused with slow-mo, she then has them thrown off the atrium from the top floor, dropping like rocks to the bottom. Dredd and Anderson are sent to investigate and learn of the drug den, which they raid. They arrest a thug named Kay, who is Anderson, who Anderson mind probes to reveal that he is one who carried out the drug dealer's execution. Dread decides to take him in for questioning. In response, Mama's forces seize the tower's security control room and seal the building, using the blast shields under the pretense of a security test and prevent the judges from leaving or for calling backup. Now, a lot happened around this scene. It's gruesome. It, this it's, it's a this, um, <laughs> this is beyond gore. Um, that first, um, when they first initially hit the, I guess the drug house or drug room, if you want to call it, and that slow motion of them all just getting the bullets flying through them slowly, going through someone's mouth, and you're seeing the back blast of his teeth coming out. <laughs> This thing yeah, it's ridiculous. was everything a RoboCop fan and growing up and maturing a little older would love to see. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. I thought the the idea of having this drug that slows your perception of time down so much, uh, and then you know falling seventy plus stories is just—it's a terrifying thought. Uh, and that set the tone very quickly about, you know, who, who, who runs the, the slum 
You know, and I also I think we need to bring in the fact that that Little homeless dude, Mama Clan, the the homeless dude that was like, "Hey, man, you, if you're still here, you're getting thrown in the, the ISO cubes." Uh, and then you know, I was like, "All right, get up, let's roll." Uh, and then gets crushed. I thought was was the oh. kind, of, kind of comedic timing that you expect <laughs> from this movie, but you also are like, "Holy shit, I can't believe that just happened." Speaking of comedic timing, the elevator scene where um, they have um, the drug dealer in custody. Sir, he's thinking about taking your gun. Yup. He just changes his mind. (laughs) Yup. Forget awesome. I love this guy. You know, and I think Carl Urban's British, I believe. Yeah, he is. Uh, So Mm. I want to say he very likely read the comics for this, which is probably something Stallone didn't do. Um, so he really had a feeling for the dryness of dread. Like he just knows like, yeah, I'm, I am the most badass there is. Uh, and you know, it, he's the law. I mean, it mm-hmm. is what it is. Oh yeah. I actually got some facts on that that we'll discuss at the end of this. Oh, nice. Love. All right. So, uh, Mama orders that Dredd and Anderson are to be killed, and the judges have to fight their way through dozens of armed thugs. Arriving at the 76th floor, the judges are assaulted by Mama and her men with miniguns that rip through the walls and killing numerous residents, men, women, children. And through a breach in the wall, the judges are able to escape and call for backup. Meanwhile, Mama sends her henchman, Caleb, to confirm the judge's deaths. But he is met by Dredd and thrown off the atrium in full view of Mama. I think there was a little fact that I read. There was like two tons of ammunition. Yeah, two tons of ammunition casing on the ground when they were filming that. Um, um, We also are introduced to the scene where... um, Anderson brain rapes Caleb, and you got that whole little flashback. And this this film also introduced Dom Hall Gleason, who is the son of uh, what's his name? It'll come to me. Um, an incredible actor. He was, you know, of course, in in the new Star Wars films, uh, which un- unfortunately is, you know something uh and we'll probably we'll we'll definitely hit on that later um but i think this was his first movie uh and i thought he was great i thought he really conveyed being the the creepy nerdy dude uh on behalf of his uh his benefactor oh brendan gleason that's his mm-hmm. uh, that's his dad yeah, um, I, I always say uh, one of the Weasleys. Yes. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was um, outstanding in here. His emotion is freaking off the charts too. But then again, they did a great j- uh, job of just conveying that in a short period of time of how a credible threat Mama is. So um, Dredd, suspects that Mama is desperate to keep Kay quiet and beats him for information. Anderson intervenes and uses her psychic abilities to read Kay's mind and learns that Petrie's is the center hub 
of the slow-mo production and distribution. Anderson suggests that they hide and wait for backup, but Dredd insists that they move up the tower and pursue Mama. Judges Volt and Gerthree respond to Dredd's call. The, they're the, the two judges that um, <laughs> go to the front door of Peachtree's and is ringing in. Um, but Mama's computer hacker denies them entry and is persuading them to call when the security drill is finished because there is a malfunction. A pair of armed teenagers confront Dredd and Anderson. Again, Dredd showing no emotion, even with armed teenagers. <laughs> Freeze, why? <laughs> and then, um, in which case, um, Kay escapes out of his zip cuffs and disarms, and well, not really disarms Anderson, but um, takes Anderson in control and escapes through the elevator with her as hostage and brings her to Mama. And this is where we get that famous line. I, I'm going to read this quote for quote because this, this is where we get I am the law, right? Mm -hmm. Peach trees. This is Judge Dredd. In case you people haven't have forgotten, this block operates under the same rules as the city. Mama is not the law. I am the law. And Mama, <laughs> judgment time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In which case, after that brain rape, they should have just killed K, um, K right then and there. And yeah, then, that was one thing that never made sense to me, why they kept him alive. The whole time, it's like they, they got what they wanted out of him in that somewhat interrogation. They should have just ended it right then and there. And 100%. then we get that scene where now it's Dredd taking out everyone by himself, and he has that barrage of incinerary um, flares flying at people, and he's just taking them out one by one. While Dredd works his way towards Mama, she bribes the corrupt... Uh, oh, um, going back. Um, these guys were, I guess, a key thing in the comics, too. Judges Volt and Gerthree yep. are as popular as Judge Dredd in the comics. I didn't know that. I guess that's why they name-dropped him. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those like uh, Easter eggs. Yeah. Uh, while Dredd works his way towards Mama... She bribes the corrupt judges Lex, Kaplan, Chan, and Alvarez to kill Dredd for a million credits. Dredd encounters Chan and is suspicious that he does not ask about Anderson's status. Seeing that his cover is blown, Chan attacks Dredd. Dredd eventually gets the upper hand and does a karate chop with his lawgiver to the dude's throat and lets him choke on his blood. Slowly. Meanwhile, <laughs> very slowly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kay tries to execute Anderson with her own weapon. But with the pistol's DNA scanner, the pistol does not recognize him and blows his arm off. Not the hand, blows his arm off. And then with one swift kick, Anderson, um, I guess, finishes the job. Either breaks his neck or just knocks him out. Um, Anderson escapes and later encounters Kaplan, the, the female corrupt judge, in which she says, rookie, put your gun down, I'm your backup. And then in which case she just shoots her right, right then and there. Um, elsewhere, Dredd kills Alvarez, uh, one of the their hulking corrupt judges, uses the high X round on his head. And then 
Dredd runs out of ammunition, and Lex shoots him in the abdomen with the armor-piercing round. And Lex, when Lex moves in for the execution, of course, him being the bad guy, bad guy's got a monologue, <laughs> starts monologuing, but then Dredd stalls him long enough just for Anderson to kill him. Yeah, just, I, I, that, that scene of, of the, bat, the corrupt judge firing in a line, and you can see it coming, uh, and it puts a round through Dread, and it's like, holy shit, he didn't even move. And this was going to the same thing that I was saying in the fights way back when. It was like, what is the, well, I guess he, they make sense with the armor piercing, I guess, but I was like, what is the deal with their armor? Their armor does not do anything. For them. No, and and actually, a part of the comic was that was that their armor bait was based on like football, American football pat shoulder pads and a helmet. That was it. Like, and that was the reason why the judges, you know, dread specifically were bred to be judges. Like, they were bred, and they were actually given like genetic mutations and stuff to make them more powerful and useful. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I agree. It was like, there was zero reason to have the armor because everything just went through it anyways. Especially how now we're going back to the line where judges asking Anderson, how come you didn't bring your helmet? Well, it affects with my abilities. Well, so can a bullet affect with the, your abilities. But then again, he shot the freaking one of the judges in the head, taking the yeah, head off. Like straight up in the head. And he had yeah. a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anderson and Dredd. Um, obtained the code from Mama's apartment from her hacker. Mama tells Dredd that in the case of her death, she has a device connected to her wrist. And when it detonates, when her heart uh, stops, the floors above will destroy the entire building. Dredd, without breaking sweat or even care, has reason to believe that that detonator signal will not reach the, from the bottom of the fl uh, ground floor. So he shoots Mama in the stomach, letting her bleed out. He sentences Mama to death, gives her her own medicine of slow-mo, and throws her out the window. As she slow-mos down to the bottom of the atrium, as we see every piece of detail of what a human face looks like if it was squashed against a a window, the detonator or her, obviously her heart stops and I guess proved this theory, right? Because, you know, that would be fucked up if he was wrong. <laughs> what would you say? Oops. He's dread. He'd need to figure it out something, I'm sure. In the fiasco, uh, Anderson is shot. Dredd gives her um, first aid. In the aftermath, um, Anderson accepts that she has failed because she has was disarmed and lost her sidearm um, through K. So she then relinquishes her badge and gives it to Dredd, in which case Dredd meets with the chief judge and is asked about Anderson's performance. He responds that she has passed. End of movie. So what do you think so far? Compare, I guess I well when we I guess when we do this, especially since there was one before it, it's how does it compare to? Two? It, it definitely compares more favorably to the comics. 
Um, unfortunately, I think it came at a time where people were almost at fatigue with this type of film. That and Judge Dredd never took off in America like he did in Europe, um, which is interesting because, you know, Dredd is 100% an American character, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is built on America. You know, Mega City One is New York City on crank, right? It's just, it's that the whole thing. And, and I think had the film come out before this, it may have actually spawned more sequels. You know, I know Carl Urban was talking like, you know, he, he'd love to do another sequel, but you know, at this point it's been oh, 10 plus years, you know, getting close to for, for him. So I don't know if he would do it again, but you know, it's definitely in my, you know, Marvel adjacent DC adjacent films, you know, this was as good as you got for Punisher, you know, past Warzone, right? Yes. Like before the yes. Marvel Punisher came out, you know, Warzone was incredible. And then there was nothing that was even close. Dread is that character that's, you know, he is one step above, you know, Punisher because he's actually doing everything legally, you know, to a point. Um, but yeah, no, well, I they gave I, them I, all I, the power in the world. You're our judge, yeah. jury, and executioner. <laughs> well, I mean, really, it's just taking all the bureaucracy out of it, right? Like one guy, like, yep, you you do what you need to do. All right. And so, uh, what I want to add to um, our reviews is I have some squib rounds for you, which are some um, interesting movie facts that I, I found um, doing some research. Um, the events of this film were taking place in all one day. Talk yeah, about it was less than 24 work. hours, right? <laughs> yeah. In a recent interview collecting for this movie, Carl Urban said he refused to smile or take the helmet off at any point during the filming of the movie. In the, um, 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 he spoke with an American accent and kept that scowl on the whole time and stayed serious to keep in character. At one point, a cast member made a joke causing laughter on the set. Urban gave him the dread stare, and promptly the person immediately apologized. <laughs> That's outstanding. Unlike the previous Judge Dredd movie, Carl Urban has confirmed that the helmet will never come off to keep true to the comic book character. In the classroom in uh, Peach Trees, and as well as at the mall, this was interesting. I did a little stop to, to find it. There is a new American flag being flown. It is only it only has six stars representing the mega city states. So the only surviving states. The Lawmaster um, is an actual functional bike ridden by the actors and stunt performers. The original bike was customized um, by having the chassis extended and custom fairings added as well as being fitted with the largest tires that would allow the motorcycle to remain operable. The look of the Lawmaster from the comics could not be replicated exactly, as that it would make the bike undrivable. A large front (laughs) fairing contained a non-functional prop gun, and the working screen for the navigation and the computer's uh, communication systems and the lights are all operational. Now, and when I say the off, now I never read the comics. I've always scanned the comics. The only way I knew Drudge, uh, Dread was through both movies. 
Now, the Lawmaster they had in the first one, that looked drivable. So I didn't see how why they couldn't do it. I mean, obviously they couldn't do the hovering part. That one was more futuristic than this one. But I think that went to it, right? So, like, I mean, it is a futuristic movie, right? It's supposed to be futuristic. But I feel like them keeping it more, you know, realistic, I guess would be a good word. You know, it may, it, you know, drudge the movie up, right? Like, everybody knows nuclear wasteland. That makes sense. You know, everyone's always worried about that. You know, mega cities, again, kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, the lawgiver itself is, you know, futuristic enough, but it's it's close enough to what's going on in real life that people would probably go like, eh, no, I'll, I'll suspend some belief. So, I mean, I'm glad that they made it a functioning motorcycle because uh, it just kept in, in kind with everything else. Mm-hmm. And that was actually um, Carl Urban driving it. Nice. I love mm-hmm. dudes that do their own stunts. Well, if I saw the the Lawmaster recreated, I'd bet your ass I want to be on there. <laughs> just like, I mean, if there's a Batmobile, same thing, right? I just want the lawgiver, man. I, 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 I have fired incendiary rounds. I've fired tracer rounds. You know, I've done all that cool guy stuff. But to do it all in one would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there is a... A particular scene in the beginning, just before Dredd and Anderson travel to Peach Trees, there's a big um, screen in the war room showing where the crimes are being committed. If you look closely, one, one of the there's a crime that is being assigned to Judge Hershey, and that's the Easter egg for or the nod for the Judge Dredd movie. Um. Um, Carl Urban's voice. You're going to like this one because you're uh, you and your dad. Uh, Mr. Ken Sr. would love this too. Carl Urban's voice for Dread is comparable to that of Clint Eastwood. The character of Dread is in fact part, uh, partly based on Eastwood's character, Dirty Harry Callahan, from the Dirty Harry movie. While the initial look of the character was partly inspired by the original poster art depicted by David... Uh, Carradine, the character of Frankenstein from Roger Corman's original Death Race 2000, mm-hmm. in the comics, as a tribute to Eastwood's strong influence on the character, Judge Dredd lives in Rowdy Yates' block, which was the name of the character Eastwood played in the TV series Rawhide. Yep. The lawgiver sidearm is um, is um. The primary weapon is a a Glock 17 with cosmetic additions. And it says it was a popular um, a handgun for law enforcement. At that time, the uh, heck, the popular that I was always with was the SIG um, P226. But mainly, I guess, it's because of its durability more than... Anything that well, I'm it's thinking. it's definitely my preferred sidearm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm I've been a Sig guy since I was a kid, uh, but Glock, you know, it's up there. It was in the running for the military's new sidearm. Uh, well, interestingly enough, the thing that made the military to go with Sig instead of the Glock was the um, lanyard hook. So, on the M17 has a lanyard hole. 
and mm-hmm. Glock refused to put one on their their Glock 19. And because of that, the military was like, screw you, we're going with SIG. Oh, and this, this is definitely your favorite one right here. Um, the slow motion sound effect is based off a Justin Bieber song that was slowed down to one eight hundredths of a second. And since he we says in jest and sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then last one. Um, after Dredd tells the Petri citizens to um, disperse and warns them that the lethal force will be used, he tells them that they have 20 seconds to comply and starts counting down. Does that sound familiar? It does, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, because Mr. Ed 209 said the same thing to Mr. Kenny before he shot him in RoboCop. And why is this prominent? Because RoboCop, the new RoboCop, came out two years prior. So, after this movie, Ken, we just did Riggs and Judge Dredd Stallone. Would Riggs fare the same against Carl Urban Dredd? I think it would be a lot closer. I feel like Urban's dread is harder, like as as a as a character, hard harder core. Uh, he's definitely way more deadly with his firearm. I think Riggs still has him in hand to hand, where Stallone had size and strength. You know, Urban is what Dredd's supposed to be kind of like your everyman uh, cop, but just an enforceable will, you know? And I feel like before that reason, it would definitely be way more of a toss up between Urban's Dredd and Briggs. Honestly, I fall completely with you. I would have um, even leaned more towards the Riggs just because of just seeing that scene where, um, we're seeing Dredd fight the other um, judge. Dredd was on a, looked like he was on the losing end. He was getting choked, and then he shot, he dirty fought the dude, shot him in the foot, and then ended his life with the karate chops at the throat. But hey, you got to do what you got to do, right? 100%. And to be fair to Dredd, he had been fighting for like the last 18 hours uh, against every person in peach trees, you know, having Gatling guns fired at him. You know, so you know, I'll, I'll give him like one or two points of exhaustion. You know, we'll say, well, you know, I feel like he probably, he probably earned that. So, a good, good call, man. I think squid, squid load or squid shots are gonna be a, a coming part of this. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, don't have them in your guns, folks. Squid rounds are bad news. But in here, well, actually, Scotty, I feel like maybe you should explain what a squid round is. It is when we do not have enough propellant in the bullet casing to fire off the bullet, which lodges the bullet in the, the barrel itself. And if you were to fire that weapon again, you risk your barrel being exploded. Or in some cases, I think I've seen videos where it just fires back backwards at you. Yeah, squib load's not cool. Thankfully, very rare, you know, unless you're... Uh reloading yourself which is what i tell all my students uh hey as long as you're not firing reloads you're probably okay as far as squibs uh but yeah uh if your if your bang switch goes click 
you probably got a misfire. If your bang switch goes bang, you're doing it wrong. If your bang switch does anything else, just put the gun down and let somebody else take a look. If you hear a low audible pop, <laughs> the gun is not supposed to do that. <laughs> no, definitely not. A good call, though, man. Very good job. I try. I mean, I got to figure out I have to do something to branch out on here. Good, good work, man. All right. So with that, as this being kind of a specialty episode, I think we'll probably call it there, Scotty. Um, and then we'll set up for next week's episode, which we he kind of hinted out last week, Wolf Cop versus Robocop. Robocop. All right, guys. Uh, stay tuned. Definitely check out our uh, social medias. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, we've gotten kind of a facelift, and people are uh, starting to talk about us a little bit more, which is outstanding, which I completely attribute to Scott because uh, I am not anywhere near uh, as social media savvy as he is. So go ahead and follow us on the social medias. Uh, do, do your thing uh, and watch out for those whams. 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 All right, guys. See you next week. See you, folks.